You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Yes, indeedy. How are you? I'm good today. I had that uh, thing happen. You ever have that thing where there's an email in your inbox? It's from a client. And you know that this is like there's work to be done. Like I'm designing an album and I've asked for a final approval before I start the retouch or something. And the email comes in and you see it there. And you're like, the minute I open that email, I have, I have an hour of work. Yes. So, I, so I, I know it's there. And when I open it, it's an hour of work. And so you put it off. You know, you're like, I'm going to put it off. I'm going to do it. Are we talking about over the weekend? Like this happened. This happened Friday, but it's fresh in my memory. Okay. So, so you put it off. And you're like, I'll wait. I can do this tomorrow. I'll wait and I'll wait. And then finally, you can't put it off any longer. And you're like, all right, I've got to open that email. I got to do this job. And you open the email, and it's a question. And you're and you're like, yes. So now I just have to answer the question and hit send, and now it's down the road. I gotta wait for it to come back again before I have to work. Oh yeah, man! It's Delayed best, gratification. Oh my god, it's like, the best what? thing in the world when you've been putting it off for days, and then you're like, okay, I guess it's time to. Hey, can do we? Oh, oh, do you just have a question? Well, I'll just answer that question yeah. and then send it back to you. And now it may be a week before you get back to me, and maybe a week before I have to finish that album. When you're working on design projects or anything that's ongoing for a client, there's nothing better than putting the ball back in their court. Yes, <laughs> putting the ball back in their court is <laughs> one of the like, greatest things in the saying, world. Hey, well, you know, I, I said two weeks ago, uh, I, I, t- I, t- I oh. sent you all the stuff that, you, and I'm just been waiting on you uh, to come back with the thing. My and work now, here is uh, oh. done. My work here is done. I have, I have hit send. <laughs> send has been hit. hit oh, hitted, it's the best feeling hitting. in the world. Yeah, man. I think you that's know what's the worst feeling in the not, world. Not just us, though. That's every business. Do you know? Do you know what the worst feeling in the world is? What's that? When you uh, can't park at the gas station because uh, people have parked it, gotten gas, and then walked in to go get their. <sighs> Don't get me started on killing those people. Which happened to me I'll today. So that's the worst then. feeling. I'll just I drop, went out. Just drop dead. You 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 fill up, and then you get in your car and you drive forward into a parking space, and then you go in and you do your shopping. Correct, sir. You are correct. Yeah, this is this has long been one of my pet peeves a big bugbear for me is how like because i was pumping my gas today after having to wait for a space and the guy next to me who looked like he was doing the uh the 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 sunday morning uh, walk of shame like clearly wearing his clothes from last night mm-hmm. bloodshot eyes drinking a monster energy drink while pumping gas in his oh, car man, those are good days yeah. Those are good times, man. You act like that's you know, the walk of shame, but those are good times, right? You remember being 25 and like – Oh, yeah. In your, in your car in the morning and, and didn't sleep at home last night? That was the best. Yeah. I, I've got days when I my, – my buddy Dave and I used to work at Circuit City Repairing Computers, and I've got days where we would get off work, go drinking in our Circuit City uniforms, go back to who, one or the other's house, kill like a whole bottle of Crown <laughs> – and get up Damn. and go back to work at 10 the next morning or 9 the next morning, still wearing the clothes from the day before. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my 20s. Welcome oh, to the it. stamina. Yeah, that was, I mean, but anyway, so I'm standing there watching this guy who's got like his clubby going out shirt on, his bloodshot eyes, and he's drinking a monster energy drink. 
while pumping gas. And I'm sitting there thinking, and the first thought that comes into my head is he parked his car, went in and bought that energy drink, came back out while blocking a pump. And this is a gas station with two pumps. Yeah, okay, that's another thing. If it's one of those that's got 20 pumps and it's not busy, okay. I mean, we're, Fine, I'm, not a total, I'm not a total a-hole. Sure, okay. But it, but if it's one that's like two pumps, like it's a 7-Eleven in the corner that literally has two pumps and there's people always waiting. Mm-hmm. Common courtesy, man. Oh, we're just waiting for the downfall of all mankind for people who park at the pump. If you're a pump parker, I'm coming for you, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start saying something to people. Be like, hey, man. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. How's that energy drink? <laughs> well, that's great because you just took five minutes out of my life. Yeah, because I had to wait for your stupid butt to come back and pump your gas while you're going in your energy drink. Thanks a lot, douche. I almost I got. Know, I almost got into a. Uh, I almost got into a cuffs? fight with a twenty-something uh, on a cruise once because I finally spoke up, and uh, and instantly realized, oh, you know, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, you know what people don't like being called out for being terrible people yeah. in public. Yeah. They don't like it yeah. at all. Guy jumped in front of us, uh, a whole big family with kids and a bunch of us there, and a guy jumped in front of us and to grab. Get, to, he had to get in that elevator first before we could get in that elevator, and we had been waiting. And I was like, no, dude, that's fine. You guys go ahead. We got family and kids here, but you go ahead. We'll wait for the next one. And man, did he get, he got livid at me. Because that's the way it is. When you call somebody out for being an a-hole, the, 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 more, the, the level of their defense immediately tells you that they realize that they... Oh, absolutely, because people, you're, gonna, you're backing them into a corner emotionally. Right. I've got like, no, I've got like no, wild, I've got no injured, choice wild but to come animal, out at yeah. you swinging because I can't defend this. So I've got to, right. so I've got to, I've got to really defend it. I the, really the only thing I've got to do is, is, is rage. Right. You know, most people aren't going to go, yeah, you know, you're right, I tried to get away with it and I'm, right. I was just being a jerk. But you got, I'm sorry, you guys go, no, they're going to they're gonna tell you to go screw yourself, give you the finger and push the door close button most of the time. And so what was great was he... <laughs> I can't believe it. Tell the story. So I'm like, so I'm, so the, the, so he's like, he's like, dude, it's a cruise, dude. Why do you want to be like this on a cruise? Why do you want to be like this on a cruise, dude? That he, I was the bad guy because I had called him out on his vacation. You see, that was, he was not the bad guy because he jumped in front of a family of six or ten people here with small children. He was, he was, I was the bad guy because I had actually called him out. Was his, was his. Tag. You were harsh in his mellow. I was harsh in his mellow. He's like, dude, and 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 I can, of course, I can barely hear him, hear him because I don't have my hearing aids in. We've been at the beach, and. My five foot three wife steps in front of me, in front of the doors, and is like, and is like, get in the car, get in the little car, go ahead, bye bye, bye bye. And as the doors are closing, <laughs> as the doors are closing, and she's mocking him. And if you have children listening to the podcast, you're going to, <laughs> you're going to want, put earmuffs for this. As the doors are closing, she's going bye bye. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> And she was saying it just like that, like in a sing-songy, like, bye-bye, asshole. And, and yeah. everyone standing outside the elevator practically applauded. <laughs> they were just yeah. like, just, just like, yes. Nice, nice, yes. nice. He was like 20-something, you know, could have killed me and everybody in the room without thinking. And I was way, I absolutely shouldn't have said anything. It was just stupid. But every once yeah. in a while, somebody just, you know. It's just the right moment. It wasn't the right moment. My point. No, I should no, have said just, a word. Yeah, the, I should have just let it go. Of emotions versus alcohol in your system. Oh, that was a little uh, bit of that. Inc- was whatever it is, that, there's something yeah. that makes you every once in a while you're just gonna go, "Come on, man!" Like I was with my dad, 
And this was my dad, who's real hard of hearing, and he was in between. He just got a new set of hearing aids. And we were at the gas station by my house, and my dad was just buying a Gatorade or something. And so he's hard of hearing. And so when you don't realize when you can't hear that you don't have a lot of awareness of what's going on around you sometimes. So you can't – if you're in line for something and you don't know – and nobody's around you, and so you're taking your time doing something, you don't necessarily aren't aware that somebody has walked up behind you. Right. So my dad is like putting everything back into his wallet, and, he, and there's a guy that – comes up behind him he's like vibrating with like i'm running to meet my drug dealer energy and so he immediately just starts yelling at the back of my dad's head he's like what the hell's wrong with you hurry up and get out of the way and we're sitting here there's three of us in this speedway (laughs) convenience store and i'm standing there and i look at the guy i go hey man like give it a second can you give it a second he's got to put a just a dollar bill back in his wallet like and then he's like, hey, stay out of it. I go, I'm not staying out of it. This is my dad, and he's elderly, and he's hard of hearing, and I'm not going to let you yell at him. And then he goes, he's like, "Up you, buddy. I said, hey, don't worry, dude. Your drug dealer's waiting for you. You'll be fine. He'll wait. <laughs> it's like the meth will wait. Just give it a second. Stupid jerk, man. Yeah, I I, I, I'm, I'm more forgiving of that sort of thing now. Not him. I mean of, of uh, you know – it depends. I can yeah, I can honk at you if you're driving in front of me and you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Sure. <laughs> I can still do that. Yeah. I can still my, do that. But I don't get really mad. The only time I honk is when people think. don't go when the light turns green because they're on their phone. And you can see that they're on their phone from your car to their car. And you just give them a little, not even aggressive, yeah, just, just a little, just a little, just a little, just, hey, little reminder. Time and then to you get the finger. And it's yeah. like, dude, yeah. how, how come I got the finger? Yeah. Because because what they're thinking is what you just said. What they're thinking is, hey, how about a little minute here? I just need a minute. You know, just give me a little second. And it depends on the situation. Your situation is true. But in that situation, the light is not going to go longer because you want to be on your phone. We have a finite amount of time to get cars through this light. So you should be paying attention to the light. You know, when, when someone honks at me because I'm not paying attention to the light, I'm wave. I'm like, thank you. I, sorry, sorry, my bad. yeah, sorry. Bloody. You know, so there's some areas where it's absolutely warranted. Like there's a light coming. Um, wow, there's a light in Tampa. It's a left turn onto a major road, and I'm not kidding. When that light turns green arrow, at the most, if you gun it, three cars, and that's it. It's that. It yeah. is that short, and so you better be paying attention. When it goes green arrow, bam! You better floor it so we can get three cars through. Two more on the red, <laughs> and, and then and then that's it. And there's like 20 <laughs> cars in the line, so pay attention. You know, yeah, yeah. you Don't. make this commute every day, so come on. Yeah, let me yeah. let's go. Little move. All right. Just I, I'm really looking for. I know other states have this, and uh, we have kind of a really half-assed version of this law in Florida. It's like you, you know, you're not supposed to be on your phone while you're driving. And um, other states like New York, for example, New Jersey, you can't. You have to have a hands-free. You can get pulled over if somebody right. sees you texting or talking on a phone. In Florida, you're allowed to walk, drive around talking on the phone. No big deal. You don't need a yeah. hands-free with an alligator so, in the seat next to you. With an alligator, with an alligator, uh, and an a, alligator yes. doing bong hits, and a, um, and a high-powered rifle. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> with a, a shotgun on the rack, and a can of Sterno yeah. on fire, and a crossbow. Because just because <laughs> just because just because and no inspection as long as, as, long as you're in a four no wheel drive you could so it doesn't do actually have to be a car at all it could just be <laughs> like a skateboard with an Evinrude outboard motor on it you know because <laughs> we don't have inspection stickers here either you can drive anything literally anything on the road a dune buggy with a turbine yes. on the back I mean yeah we're, we're yeah. we are really we don't have inspection laws yes. for cars like you can just drive in Florida you can just drive any old hunk of crap that you can get yes. running. Like a cross between a taco truck and an Everglades airboat. That's totally legal. <laughs> totally legal. 
in Florida. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. An airboat taco truck. Yes, I, I can actually have just invented <laughs> right something. You better, get that, you better get that domain name locked down right away. Airboattacotruck.com. Airboattacotruck.com. <laughs> get that locked up. If Steve Satcho is listening, uh, Airboat Taco <laughs> next Truck t-shirt. would make a great T-shirt. Yes, okay. Airboat Taco Truck. Airboat Taco Truck. So anyway, yeah, I'd love to see uh, people not uh, getting pulled over for being on their stupid phones. Who is it? Big stupid faces. I was looking at cars the other day, and uh, what is it? The Cadillacs, like the big Cadillac SUVs, the front where like the radio is, it opens up like a hinge, and you put your your phone in it and plug it in, and then it closes and complete like putting your phone in the glove box. So it com- hmm. completely puts your phone away inside the dashboard, so you can't use it. I mean, the cars now, they do, the, the touchscreens can do all the things. You've got uh, CarPlay for your Apple devices and Microsoft Connect or whatever. Like, my friend's got the got a Honda Civic, and it, you know, it's got the basically the whole screen that you have on your phone right, right there in the car. You could push in music and do whatever. You could get text messages and the whole nine yards. Oh. So I'm. Hey, speaking of yeah. cars, this is, uh, I, I get every once in a while, I've been driving the same car for. Eleven years, and I'm yeah, not gonna as long as I've known you, you've had that. Yes, car. I'm not going to get rid of it as long as it keeps working because it's a top, it was a top of the line car when I bought it, and so it's got all the bells and whistles. And to try and replace it today would be unbelievably expensive versus the fact that I pay nothing for it now because it's paid for. So it's right. very hard to get rid of it. So um, anyway, so but every once in a while I'm looking at new cars because I'm prepared. When it goes, it's going to go. Like the engine's going to blow, and I'm going to need a new car in a week, and I want to be ready. And I like looking at cars. Here's the car you're going to be seeing a lot of next year, Buick. It's come out with a new car called the Grand Tour X, and it is basically the return <clears throat> of the station wagon. And I'm telling you, next year, you're going to see people like crazy buying this car because it is sleek and cool, and you're going to see all these moms who don't Ooh. who don't want the minivan and don't want the big SUV, but they want to have that capacity for carrying. <clears throat> Doesn't have a third row seat. That That's kind of a drawback to that particular thing, but it, if you look at it, and it starts at like 30000 and you're going to, I'm telling you, you are going to see them 29, everywhere. I'm looking at it right now, yeah. 29, And it looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, it, for a station wagon, you know what it looks like? Um, it just looks like a nice mid-level family sedan with a hatchback. There you go. But it's not. The back end of that thing is huge. And that's my next car when I, because it gets better gas mileage. And if you, and my wife has a little tiny Buick. And the bells and whistles in that thing, and the, it's got lots of luxury stuff to it, and all that. It's just a really nice little car. I drove it to Alabama and back. I loved it, and I'm a well, big Buick guy. Buick has become one of those brands where they've they've they really yes, they have really reinvented themselves. They pack a lot of features into it because Buick, for me, is in my generation. Your Buick is your grandpa's car. Exactly. Well, I am my grandpa now. That's the only thing. I mean, Buick is the <laughs> middle of the line. There's Chevrolet at the bottom, then Buick, then Cadillac, and I think think that's right. And then like with Ford, it's Ford, then Mercury, then Lincoln. You know, so Mercury was what my, my my dad drove a Mercury. Mercury is what you drove if you were middle class and wanted to drive a really nice car. You didn't drive a Lincoln because that was for the rich people. And then you know, and Buick was the same way. Buick was a step up up from like a, a Chevrolet or GMC, whoever makes them, but not quite Cadillac level. And um, they've really done a good job. I know a lot of people drive the Enclave, and my wife has the Encore, which is a tiny Buick, and it, we we drove that and compared it to like a Ford. And there was no comparison. The Buick was just yeah, much nicer. Get, I think you get a lot of car for the money. I think that's their thing yeah. right now until they get back on top. You know, they're putting a lot more features into less expensive cars. But that car right well, there, because it's I'm only two. At it right now. That, I'm playing with the color options. You got to get, you got to get, when my you want a station up, wagon, you got to get the Subaru <laughs> Outback or you got to get the Volvo. Both much more expensive. Yeah, this is expensive. a lot like an Outback, but it looks a little, it's more refined. Yeah, right? 
It's not, yeah. and I'm telling. And every review I've read has said it's great. And the reviewers also, many of them say that when they go and they, they're in a parking lot with it, that people walk up to them and go, what is that? Because yeah. it, it, it attracts attention. And I'm telling you, when they hit the show, This is a great car for a photographer. You're going to see it's got a huge back end. And you yeah, put down the seats cr- and it's got like 78 cubic feet of storage. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, as far as photographers go, it's reasonably priced. And it's starting below 30000 It's got great storage space. The gas mileage is very decent. And uh, you know, and it looks nice. Like you could pull right. up to any job, and this is a night. This looks like a luxury car, and it's uh, and yeah, this is the return of the station wagon. It looks like that's what I'm. I, and, I'm and telling the colors you, are pretty nice. I'm telling too. you, if it does well, you're going to see a lot more companies start to come out with station wagons because cars have gotten. You, you go, I can't tell them apart anymore. Every every SUV looks the same. Um, yeah, my wife drives a Rav Four, and I think it's the same thing as the Hyundai Santa Fe and 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 seven hundred other SUV crossover SUVs of the same type. Right. They all look identical. I miss the days where you could identify a brand of cars by a certain look. Yeah, I miss those days too, man. You, know, you can always tell what kind of horse it was by the spots on the rear flanks. Well, there are a few that still do it. Cadillacs, for example, don't look like anything else. They use those angular lines. I'm not particularly fond of them, but at least they look different. And that's the way it always was. A Cadillacs looked like Cadillacs, and nothing else looked like Cadillacs. But not anymore. Volvo is always real distinctive. Volvo's very distinctive. Yes, Volvos. I think Audis can sometimes have a distinctive look, and even BMWs. But but they're all starting to meld now to where they all look the same. No. Well, I I I, uh, I hope that you get this this Buick that you want. It looks looks real nice. Well, I'm hoping it's going to be popular, and then what's going to happen is in like two or three years, you'll be able to buy one used for like fifteen. Yeah, and that's when I'll buy it because I mine get my cars get destroyed with sand from the beach, so it just I just can't I can't buy a brand new car because it's going there's going to be sand everywhere in it and dragging gear in and out of the back. It's, I'm going to destroy it so fast that I it's just not worth it. You don't I don't get enough of the pleasure of the new car out of it before it looks just like an old car they're uh, they're doing a lot to to get canoeing enthusiasts in board every, yeah they have every every canoes picture. on top i love <laughs> i love the every every picture this car's got canoes yeah. on it is there a giant canoeing uh, you know population that we're unaware of they desperately need to be able to put a canoe on top of the car i wonder do they have a four-wheel drive version it's all-wheel drive every single model is all-wheel drive Oh, well, there you go see that is definitely going after the outback crowd because the outback changed and now it's a a crossover SUV, right? And it used to be a station wagon. Yeah, this is a looks real nice. I hope you, I hope you get it, and I hope you uh, get a canoe. I will. You know? I'll have to get a canoe. Apparently, I mean, it looks like they they give you a canoe with the car, according to this website. <laughs> like if 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 you get the Essence version, which starts at thirty five thousand, I believe you get a free canoe. Right. My plan is the top of the line version, totally tricked out, is like thirty nine. And I figure they hit the market this year, 2018. So around around 2020 is probably when I'll be able to buy one of those for about 28 or 25. And that's when I'll yeah, well, and that's when I'll, I'll get it with all the completely tricked out, and and I'll be able to ruin it as I do every car without feeling bad. These canoes are selling like hotcakes. People <laughs> like it in cars too. Did you read the story <laughs> about the uh, festival that is letting you opt out of having your pictures appear in? promotional photos Mm-mm. when you go to this festival it's uh it's somewhere over in england and when you go to the festival um and i think it's germany you they have sheets of, of red dots and you put a red dot on your forehead and they will erase you from any pictures that they use for promotional purposes i'd rather be in the photos than walk around all day with a red dot on my head i agree but they're I mean, just that's really taking they're really taking that's just 
Yeah, I mean, well, you, you know, I don't look good. You've in been red. saying that privacy stuff has really been ramped up in in the EU, and this is a good example of how they are really just starting to really try and protect people's privacy even more. You're going to an outdoor festival? Oh well. Yeah, I mean, I I agree, but all hey, along those lines, this is crazy. And again, this is not a sponsored podcast. I was thinking that you were going to say they're using facial recognition software or something. I just got an email from White House Custom Color, which is my lab. They've now added a uh, face finder, facial recognition, for when you upload school and sports photos. And it will automatically read the faces of the people in them and group them all together. So you no longer have to organize the photos with barcodes and stuff. It just just groups everybody together. So if you photograph 50 kids for a softball team league or something like that, every parent will be able to log in look up the and find their kid and all of the pictures of each kid will be organized into by facial recognition software. Now I don't know exactly all the details of how that works but basically the idea is that hopefully now with with school and sports volume photography you uh you'll be able to just shoot it and then it'll kind of organize itself. I don't, I don't think you'd have a problem with that with sports so much because because you don't do that many different poses. But dance, oh my god, yes. Because with dance, you'll have a girl with thirteen costumes, and you photographed her, you know, thirteen different times over the course of a day. For a parent to be able to go in and go, "This is my kid," and then find every picture from that, uh, that's huge. That's right, huge. Yeah. I, I, I haven't. I I don't do dance schools anymore. I don't have any on my roster now. But if I did, I would absolutely look into that. Yeah, well, think about this. Like, uh, I was thinking about how to apply it for corporate photography and convention headshots and stuff like that. I was logged into Facebook the other day, and it said, "Somebody, you might be in this photo that somebody posted. Do you want to check it out? And I clicked OK. And I had been missing this. Apparently, there were like 15 or 20 photos that have been posted over the last couple of months of stuff where it's, it's, uh, Facebook thinks my face is in it. And so I'm going through looking at these photos, and it's somebody posted a flyer with an old headshot of me that's like 10 pixels across along with the headshots of 30 or 40 other speakers at an event or something, and it still recognized me. Like the, the facial recognition software as it's being uh, used amongst software for the general public is scary, crazy good. And it's actually, since it's out there already, this is a really killer way uh, to use it. So I think this might even become the new standard in school and sports photography is to have facial recognition to help group the kids. Now, I don't know. There's got to be a connector to be able to allow you to put a name on each kit. So I don't know how that will work exactly um, as far as you would still have to go in and enter some kind of data for what their name is. Wait, is this for you? Or what is this for you on? to use in getting prints or is this like on their shopping where you put pictures up and people buy prints? Same, both. Both, okay. All right. Yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. If you if you're interested, you can check that out, I think that they just rolled this out and and I would I would be surprised if this does in combination I believe that there is a uh, there is a, a a system a software system called a photo day that has been around for a little while that's working now in conjunction with this facial recognition software the whole idea is to do volume photography that as a you could as a solo operator of a photography business you could walk out to a job photograph 150 kids just upload the photos and have it be completely out of your hands. Like it'll, you can pre-print 
order forms or they can order from iPad stations or they can order, just give them a link. They can go on their phone and find their kid uh, more easily. And then you're not having to do all of this administration stuff. So, I, I mean, it seems like a pretty killer system. I have, well, we're going to be, we've got our couple of sports leagues coming up in January that we're going to be shooting. So uh, we're going to be diving into it. But definitely worth keeping an eye on is that, that uh, facial recognition software for volume. It can be a little it's annoying really cool. though, right? Like, because it can be false starts and stuff like that. Like with Facebook, anytime Ryan Reynolds is in the news, mine just blows up. And then it's, <laughs> right? And I'm constantly having to go in there and go, no, that's not me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm so, sure I mean, it's, it's not really, perfect is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's certainly not. But here's the thing is, I think it's definitely good enough to differentiate between people in a setting like school and sports. Now, if it was a wedding, for example, and you've got different people from different angles and different right. their head sizes are different in the images, that would get more complex. But when you're talking a single subject or with a clean lighting straight on and maybe a team photo where they would be recognizable in the team photo, I don't think that that's a stretch at all for the capability of facial recognition software. So it looks, looks pretty – I am pretty excited about the idea of not having to hire a staff of three or four people to come with me to do these picture days if you could just have one person there to help people figure out how to use a couple of iPad stations and then you just shoot and just run people through. And then you don't have to organize it or worry about it or shoot tethered. You just – Rock and roll, that would be the yeah, dream right that there. That would be pretty you cool. Could, if you've got a sports league of a couple of hundred kids, and let's say that your gross is to shoot 300 kids or whatever, your gross on that might be, let's say, eight or $10,000 in sales. And so a lot of that for us is we have to pay staff to come with us to manage that workflow. If they're dumping 300 kids on you, that's hard to do with one person. Right. So we ha- you have to have somebody checking in and taking money and helping with order forms, and then we have to do stuff where we organize with selection. So we've usually got three or four people out at any given event. And if I, you could eliminate having to have that whole big you know circus and just go out with one person to assist, that would be really, really cool. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out because facial recognition is here to stay. Yeah, I agree, and uh, and and it could really help. I'd love to see it be uh, used for uh, stuff like I do. I'm really going to be looking at the possibility of using it for corporate photography and distribution. Because if you give people a link, and then they could just download their digital image straight from that, or buy it, or whatever, you know, it's got really good possibilities. So I will be uh, using it. Um, Hey, I wanted to go over. What we posted on the Facebook page this week, a story that we got from F Stoppers, and it's been on Pop Photo, and it's been on uh, uh, what's the other one, Petapixel, and uh, it says headline is breaking news: Sony is now number one overall in U.S. full frame camera market. And then I found another one in uh, Pop Photo, Popular Photography, or PopPhoto.com. Says Sony is selling more full-frame cameras in the U.S. than Canon, Nikon, and everyone else. So apparently, they have surpassed uh, the other major brands in selling full-frame camera bodies. So we posted about that on the Facebook page, and we've got a few, uh, we've got a few pieces of feedback from listeners. So uh, Karen Bangle says. As you guys have previously mentioned on the show, I already have thousands invested in my Nikon gear, and it does everything I need it for. For that reason, I won't be swapping out. Lisa Tomini says, just received my A7 III in July. Client work is still on Canon, but adding Sony as I learn how to really use it. I'm using it for personal projects to get up to speed. Now, I think that's pretty well advised, Lisa, just to not experiment with new gear on clients. So I think that's pretty useful. John Burridge, a longtime listener, John Burridge, says, I'm Sony curious. 
I really, <laughs> I think John Bird right. just titled the episode "Sony Curious." I'm Sony Curious, but I'm currently in the 5D Mark III camp. Have older Fuji gear, but hoping the Fuji XT3 will have enough enticing features to fully jump ship. Talking about going full Sony. One thing for sure, though, is I find Canon pretty boring these days. Seems like it's always Nikon and Sony making these headlines. Marty Newkirk says, "Yeah, I am fully invested in Canon and still does everything I need." Did get an Olympus Olympus EM5 Mark II for personal stuff, vacationing, camping, etc. I really like the smaller size. Beer koozies are perfect for lens protection in the bag. Still hoping Canon comes out with a mirrorless powerhouse so I could keep my lenses and manufacture specific accessories. Jim McGrath says, I was a longtime Canon user who switched from a 7D Mark II to a Sony a7R III and couldn't be happier. I rented a 5D Mark IV and a7R III several times for events first, so I'd know the trade-offs. Also, my gateway Sony camera was an a6300 that I used to further explore mirrorless and travel with. So, and Sheldon Carvalho writes in, I'm happy with my 15 megabyte files on my Nikon D700. And Carol, Carol DeAnda says, I'm fully invested in Nikon, so to make the switch would be really hard. So that is a really interesting spattering of perspectives. What I found the most interesting was that you see um, other brands mentioned, also Fuji and Olympus. And then it's really not, you know, for the most of the time that I've been a pro photographer, it's really just been Canon or Nikon. Fuji and uh, Olympus haven't really been a part of the conversation as far as professionals are concerned. And so now you've got Sony and Fuji and Olympus are all really pushing into the pro market, which I think is pretty new in my in this era of professional digital photography, in the DSLR age. And so uh, mirrorless is making a big splash. So what do you think about all that, Boo? Well, first of all, when they say that, uh, that they're number one in mirrorless sales this year, Who's number one in total sales? Because it's going to be Canon, right? It's going to be Canon. So yeah, now it's it's an achievement. It's absolutely achievement. But when Canon hasn't come out with a full frame uh, mirrorless since the Mark IV, which was not much of an improvement really over the Mark III. So if you already, had I disagree with that. Oh, yeah, I disagree. Yeah, I know you think it was an improvement, but 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 I think you would agree that we did not see we did not see people jumping from the Mark III to the Mark IV. As much as we saw people jumping from the two to the three, I, I would agree. The with two that. to the three was like almost a, yeah, you've got to make the jump because the imp- the improving the improvement in focusing and stuff on the three was such a jump over the two. Just the focusing, just alone. the focusing the 4K, alone. Four K, no, three. It's not four K. It's uh, you just had to make that jump. But the Mark three to the four was fine tuning. You know what I mean? So so a lot of people. I know, it's got some pretty big. I've been shooting behind the scenes video with both cameras. But again, that's video. But a lot, dude, you cannot separate the video capabilities from the photo capabilities with cameras anymore because these are what a lot of photographers are using and adding video to their businesses. Okay, so, but I, don't, I still don't think that, there's, that, that that's a, as big a deciding factor that you're going to make a jump for it. I mean, I don't – because still, if you're heavily invested in the Mark III – Making the jump to Mark IV just for video, yes, there are going to be some people who absolutely want to do that, but that number is going to be a small percentage of your Mark III overall users. My point is this. Every, whoever's got the latest full-frame mirrorless is always going to have really good sales that year versus the other people. Not to in any way disparage the Sony because from everything I've heard about it, it is just amazing. But let's wait and see what happens when some, when when Canon and Nikon come up with their full frame mirrorless and see well, then we'll, then we'll see if they still maintain the top spot. What's bad for Canon and, and Nikon is that they have allowed Sony to really get a foothold on the beach. I mean, they've got a strong foothold on the beach now, so that 
they now they are they are the one to beat in the mirrorless full frame market instead of it being you know Canon and Nikon. So See, I'm not uh, I'm not totally convinced that this isn't deliberate. Now l- let me just just tell you a little bit about what I've been seeing from Canon specifically is I see a lot of advertisements for video bundles. I think that what Canon is doing is, one, they're really pushing the entry-level DSLRs and the mid-level prosumer DSLRs over the pro because the market is 10 times the size. And not only that, I think Canon is really pushing the content creator market, people who do videos for YouTube and and that kind of stuff because I'm seeing all kinds of bundles put together with like a Rode – uh, you know, shotgun mic, or like different sorts of pieces of sound and video equipment to sort of add to a little bundle to get started for content creators. Because if you think about it, people who want to make videos on YouTube and need better equipment to do that is a much bigger market than uh, professional photographers looking to buy the best camera out there on the market. In in my opinion, and I do not have any specific knowledge, is that to me, I think that, that the reason that Canon sells more DSLRs than anyone is because they are making very affordable, high-featured, um, heavily-featured cameras uh, for a prosumer and content creator market. I think that's where they live and breathe. People who are buying DSLRs they're making they're making they're making the Buick of cameras. I you know, I don't I wouldn't say I think <laughs> lots of features and an affordable get, price. I mean like you look at some of their best selling cameras probably like the A D D and stuff like that and the I mean they're really making a, a big I I don't think that they're losing ground in anywhere where they're not where they're worried about it. Right. Do you get what I mean? Right, right. But I get uh, yeah, no they're okay. Knowledge. They're okay if they lose the top end market. Like the, because, the headline here is Sony selling the most full frame cameras, and and and, Can- and Canon's like, yeah, we we have one full frame camera and about twenty that aren't full frame. So do you really think right. we're worried about that market? If we were, yeah. would- I mean, I think they'll come back. They eventually this all goes around. Brands they all take turns being right. number one. Yeah, but the difference the- is it's always it's always Canon and Nikon taking turns, and now the new kid on the block is become you know it, this is the new. Now it's the big three. It was the big two forever. Now it's well, going to be the big three. Has it's getting up there. the market to several different companies like Fuji and and, right. and uh, Olympus to be competitive. I mean, you wouldn't even that would even be part of the conversation. Uh, right, you know, it was I think just ridiculous Fuji to even think about. DSLRs, it. DSLRs, they stopped. You know, they used to have the. They worked with Nikon lenses, and you had the a lot. When I first first started, there were a few. There was a small contingent of people that were into the Fuji DSLRs with the Nikkor lenses, and they were like, "No, Fuji is the best." And it used a different kind of sensor that rendered colors better. And there were people that swore by it. And then they stopped stopped producing them. Right. And then they started coming out with the mirrorless cameras, and they've stormed in through the back door. And I think that uh, you know. I don't know. I'm interested to see where it goes. There is there, the rumor mill is going that Canon is making some kind of big product announcement in September. So I guess we'll find out what that is. Nikon is teasing their new mirrorless. It's going to be enough of a no matter what features it has, it's going to be enough for the people that are fully invested in their Canon or Nikon gear to not switch formats. I like, That's all they need I, is they need it to be good enough so people don't switch formats. I like it because yeah, I I like it because it reminds me of when I first got into photography as a kid and every single person in the camera club at school had a different manufactured camera. One person had a Canon, one had an Olympus, one had a Minolta, one had right. a, one had a Pentax, one had a, you know, and so it was all these different types of cameras and then it got to where it was just you were either Canon or Nikon. That was it. it and I like that there's more stuff coming in. Absolutely. Yeah, it's more it's more options, and then those things fuel the market, create competition, creates better innovation all the way around. So the the beneficiaries of all of this creative uh, t- and and great technology coming out is us. 
Because yeah. we're, what we're going to get is we're going to get better cameras that are less expensive because that's, that's the way it is. When it's Canon and Nikon, they can basically fix what you pay for a camera and what cameras can do because they're the two companies that, that set the stage for the market. So when you have other ca- smaller camera companies coming in and innovating um, you know, because they are hungry to get a share of the market, then you're going to get the bigger companies are going to respond and they're going to drop the hammer. <laughs> you know? For me, not it's that Sony's not, a small company. Just a, Sony's a switching, company. switching brands, though. It's the accessories that are the biggest pain. Yes, the body is no big deal. Bo- you replace switch, the body switch to a new body three and years. three new lenses. Okay, that's a pain. But now it's two flashes and three triggers and anything you know, and remote switches or anything else that you've got. It's all that stuff has got to be sold and then bought new. And oh yeah, oh, if no. you've got your, my guess is if you've got your average level mm-hmm. pro kit, let's say two bodies. Complement of five or six lenses, a few speed lights and triggers for ver- well, various types. I think that if you sell everything and invest, I still think you're probably going to go into the hole to switch formats somewhere between eight and twelve grand on average. That would be my guess. I think that you're going to end up spending that much if you sell all your gear for the right price instead of hang on to it and let it lay around. Mm. And if you you know if you shop conservatively, mm. I think you're going to to have the same amount of gear to be able to do the same amount of stuff. I think you're going to be into it for about ten grand. Wow, I think that's a little high. I think you could probably get out a little bit less than that. Because you, yeah, I, because I, I with a lot of gear, you can get 50% to 60% of the value on sale and when you sell it. And so to say that you're in 10 means you, that your total kit is 20. And I think that's might – well, maybe not. <laughs> you, might, yeah. you might be on there. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I got, my, I got, my, I've see. done the numbers before, well, and we came out not too far yeah. from that. Well, also, and though, I use aftermarket do stuff. I don't, like, I, I don't use Canon flashes anymore. So, you know, with my flashes or Godox, which those things new are like $225 a piece. I need two of right. those. My big uh, my gig, big flash guns, I don't have to replace. I just have to replace the trigger. The trigger is like $70. So my flashes – so new flashes and the trigger would cost me about 550 Plus, I can sell my old ones and probably get a couple hundred. Or, so now that's maybe 300 bucks right there as far as accessories go. And then it becomes the lenses. Well, I have two – 70 to 200 millimeter f 2.8 l series lenses those those lenses new are two grand and if i sold them i might get a grand so i'm out two thousand dollars if right you're there. lucky depending on the condition yeah you know. yeah maybe and uh, and if you think about people who are switching format there's probably a lot of these on the market a lot of these used on the market right now you know, yeah, see, that's that's what worries me is that I'll just finally decide to switch when the market is glutted with people who are switching and I won't be able to get good value for the used equipment. Dude, I went to the camera store um, in my town just last week, um, drop off some film. That's another story. Um, and I, they have a whole cabinet of used equipment and there's like two shelves of Nikon cameras and lenses and two shelves of Canon cameras and lenses and it's all fairly recent Model stuff, 5D Mark III's and, you know, uh, Nikon D800's and there's just loads and loads of it. And it's just, I mean, they probably had six different 5D Mark III's just lined up. Well, here's the good thing, though. small camera store. You know, here's the good thing. As we've said, the, the changes in the, in, in the Sony are not so drastic that it's a must-have. And if you are building a business or looking for backup equipment or someone for your second shooter or whatever, if you want to stay with a Canon brand – now you're going to be able to reap the reward of all of these people who are switching yeah, to Sony. There's so much used equipment on the market from Nikon and and Canon. Yeah, right now from people are switching formats. I don't know that it's. It would take a little bit longer for something for me to even consider it. And as a business decision, I got no benefit. 
right now. Right. I, that's that, that's my problem. I, if you've got to, if people say you've got to get this camera, and I'm like, great. Show me how I'm going to make an extra three thousand dollars if I get this camera because it's going to cost yeah. me that you know to make this switch. You know, not to mention the time. So show me how my business is going to. I'm going to make more money as a result of this camera, uh, and I'm not yeah. seeing that. Or how is it going to save me time? Or how yeah. is it going to make my workflow faster? Right. Or, exactly. You know. So there you have it. So. Well, right on, man. Uh, I think that's about it. Oh, we had one uh, Jim Ferrara, longtime listener and friend of ours. And recent uh, switcher to Sony. And recent Sony. And he will tell you absolutely that it's the best Amber Camry he's ever had. You should absolutely switch. Is the uh, he said uh, talking about last week when we spoke about Best Buy? He wrote in to say a couple of weeks ago at Best Buy with the kids. Drooling over the 4K 75-inch TVs, I bought an Insignia 32-inch reflector, and it's great. That's uh, the I believe that's a Best Buy brand, Insignia. Huh. Um, so uh, he's doing some camera shopping, and so um, that's uh, that's a pro photographer is uh, buying gear at Best Buy and enjoying it. Well, so right. uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, what's going on with Best Buy becoming a camera store, kind of? All right. Well, that's about uh, wraps it up again for another exciting episode of Photobomb Podcast, which will be coming to you live from the Florida Professional Photographers Convention Focus 2018 in just a couple of weeks. Dude, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. You need to come to that convention if you haven't come to that. Go to areyouinfocus.com. You need to come to this convention because it's going to be great. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, coming up in January, we have Imaging USA. Bure and I will both be there doing various things. Bure is always very, very busy uh, behind the scenes doing stuff at Imaging yes. USA. Wave, it, wave at me busy. as I run past you on my way to the next <laughs> thing I have to do. I will be very, very busy at the bar. Um, but besides that, make sure that if you're coming, everybody come to the award and degree ceremony where you Please. will definitely 100% for sure get to see Bure walk across the stage and receive his master photographer degree. I guarantee you 100% you will show up to Imaging USA and there will, there he will be on stage <laughs> in a fancy suit accepting his master photographer oh. degree around his neck and that we're just going to be there. We're going to be screaming for him when that happens. So make sure you For come. those of you who don't know what's happening here, Gary is trying to make sure that I can't back out. That's exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying – because if he keeps doing this, then he knows that what? I can't back out because everyone mean? will have been told to be there. First of all, don't bother it, you know, to come watch me literally spend three seconds walk across the stage. You bother. Yeah. Definitely and, bother. Yeah, I'm going to so bother. No, I will see you later at the bar. No, I'm going to bother, and we're going to have a whole section of oh, really? Boo Leavers. Yeah, okay. The Boo Leavers section. And I still own the website, I'm a booleaver.com, oh, okay. by the way. I just renewed that domain for another year. <laughs> That's money so, well uh, spent right there. <laughs> $8 a year for to give myself a little chuckle? Absolutely. That's money well spent. <laughs> That's I'm a value. Boo Leaver. So come and sit with me in the Boo Leaver section right. at the award and degree ceremony so that we can cheer, hoot, holler, raise a fuss, and be incredibly. Uh, incredibly loud for Boo Ray Perry. So join us in Imaging USA. We're going to be there having a grand old time. All right, all right, fine. At the Grand Imaging Awards at and at the Award and Degree Ceremony. Degree. There's two different things. Ray will be. I'll be. I will Ray be at the. Be I will be at the Grand Imaging Awards because I assume I will be announcing them as I have been in the past years with that um, buttery voice. So I'll definitely be there. All right, you can find us online facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. You can uh, email us at questions at photobombpodcast.com. My website is com, and Gary is at hughesfioretti.com. Mm-hmm. We will be back here again next week. We'll see you then. All right, see you later. <laughs>